We're in our last chapter of the series on freedom, breaking free. Um, For me, it's just been a great reminder of some absolute essential beliefs of the Christian life. Uh, We are free from the aspect that we can earn our salvation. Or, another way to say that is, as if there's something in me that could live up to the holiness of God. And it's been done for us. And chapter 6, we're going to look at the first half of that chapter this, today. Kind of gives us on a, a practical aspect in light of what we've been learning. Um, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, says, now this is what it looks like when you and I are walking in the Spirit, as Steve taught last week, or not walking in the Spirit. And what I want to do here this morning is, I want to just go right through these verses, kind of break them out a little bit, unpack them, kind of give you the heart of what Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is trying to say. And then I want to bring a conclusion from my heart on just where we've been these first five and a half chapters of learning to break free. So let me just um, ask that we would allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, that even as you listen, you'll be walking with the Spirit. The Spirit will be speaking to your heart. You'll be open to what's true. You'll be able to discern if Chick says something wrong. Nah, that's not right but be lovingly. But my heart is, as I study, to really really try to unpack the truth of what God wants to have here. So let me just simply pray and ask for that. Father, I thank you that when Jesus left, you sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us forever. And we thank you, Lord, that you live in us. You took up residence in our hearts our bodies, our soul, our mind. And today, as we listen to your words, speak to us. Speak through me and help us all to have an ear to hear the gospel. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. A lot of stuff in there. Starts right off, who's it written to? Who's Paul talking to? Believers, us. Those who are in Christ in Galatia. And they've, they've bought into a system that is not good. So he's speaking to them and he says, if anyone is caught... Have you ever, I don't go down the shore as much, especially in the ocean. I don't like those things that touch my legs <laughs> when I'm in the ocean. But I've done a lot of the ocean and love to ride the waves and this and that. Have you ever been in the ocean where you're really in the wrong depth for a big wave to come? And you either turn around and dive into it or you try to run away from it. And do you ever run away from the waves when you're in the water? And what happens? 
And if it's a big enough wave, it knocks you down. It's the idea of being caught. Even though temptation comes and you're trying to run away from it, the word caught means overtaken. And it comes and woof, knocks you down. And there's times when we're trying to live in the spirit, um, but temptation comes and the flesh takes hold of that temptation rather than allowing the spirit of God to give you strength to overcome it. You're overtaken by that and you're caught in that. And those of us who at that moment are not being caught by a particular sin, who are living, the word says here, you who live by the Spirit, you're in that moment in time, you are allowing the Spirit of God to control you. Um, it doesn't mean I'm spiritual and you're not. Uh, it doesn't have that sense. We're going to talk about that in the next part of the verse. Those of us who are allowing God to control our hearts so that we are victorious at life in that moment, we are to come and restore that person. Restore is a great word. It's really part of the ministry that God intends for the church. Corinthians, it talks about we're to have the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, restoring is part of that. It's basically helping someone who maybe doesn't know Christ to come to Christ as an ambassador, that's our role, or someone who has broken relationship with God, that we can help them bring that back. And that's the idea of restore here. In that um, secular world, it really meant that we're, we're people who mend broken bones. That's what someone who does restore. Uh, we can use the word who restores furniture or a house or things like that. We're, we're making it what it once was. In the New Testament, it uses the word those who are mending the nets. You have a net and you're trying to fish and it's, and it's ripped open. You're not going to catch fish. So it needs to be mended. And the Lord is saying through Paul, that's how I want you people to be people who are mending someone who's broken at that time or caught or allowing sin to enslave them again. Then it says this. God's so neat. <laughs> he says, restore that person gently. Oh, that's tough. I definitely need to be filled with the Spirit to do that God's way. And what's neat about that, last week Steve shared with the nine attributes of the Spirit of God, the fruit of God, gentleness is one of them. When the Spirit of God is controlling me, I can go to my brother and sister and restore them because the Holy Spirit's going to work through me gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. What, what a wonderful challenge God has reminded us of. Don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought. 
I need to understand, and I'm going to share this later, um, just the aspect of living in the flesh and living in the spirit from the gospel aspect. But it's the idea, and my flesh can do this quickly. I can, I can be controlled by the spirit one moment, and the next moment I can feel superior to someone who, oh, yeah, you're caught in sin. I'd never do that. Um, we have to have a mindset. We have to have an, an attitude of examining ourselves when we do this delicate operation of wanting to help someone be restored back to God. And we need to have an accurate evaluation of what that means. Apart from God, I can't do anything. So if I think I have the strength to restore someone in my own flesh, it ain't going to happen. Only when I allow the Spirit of God to rule my life and lead me, then I can do it God's way. I remember one time, and I'll just give you an idea how this may work in your life. I had a friend who I began to observe that he spoke pretty harshly to his wife. And, you know, the first time I saw it, I said, well, maybe he's just, you know, not feeling good and taking out his wife. But then I would observe it again. And this went on for some time. So I began to say to myself, as I thought through Scripture, do I tell this guy or not? Who am I to tell him? Then I thought, if he's doing it in public, what does it look like at home? So I believe the Holy Spirit was saying, Chick, he's caught. You need to help him. And fear and trepidation gripped my heart. Um, you can have people that aren't afraid to be in your face. You're wrong and stop it. Um, or you can be so fearful that you don't want to do it at all. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to say anything. But as I worked it through, as I talked to the Lord through that and asked the Holy Spirit to control me, I, I believe God helped me with the courage to go and I'm going to go and speak to that person. Has anyone ever had to go to someone and speak to them? Let me see your hands. Okay, a good number. Um, I think those who didn't raise their hands, I want to encourage you, we don't want to be people who judge. We want to see if someone's caught, we want to restore them. We want to be people who restore. That's a great word. So I went to this person. And I prayed, and I asked the Holy Spirit to go before me, um, and I began to share. You know what the result was? It was glorious. This guy had no idea he was doing that. It was basically a, a habit that he got into. And he responded so wonderfully. And he went back and asked his wife to forgive him because of all that. And I, I, it was, for me, just a great example. And I've done this over the years, especially being in an elder role here and one of the pastors, that we have to do this at times. Um, you know, it, Matthew 18 picks up on this. If you see your brother in sin, you who are spiritual, go to him. That's what we're reading here. 
Matthew 18 has the same idea. Go to them and, and keep going to him until you, he doesn't hear you. Then you take someone else with you. And what's the idea or the purpose behind going to them? Restore. Always restore. That's what God wants. And we can do that God's way. And God blessed that. And I learned some incredible lessons from that. Then the book of Galatians chapter 6 goes on and says this. Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something, kind of what we are doing too, evaluating who we are, that superiority, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Again, what a, what a powerful word for us to be aware of, deception in my own heart, and it looks like I'm trying to help somebody. Beware of the deception of what sin can do in my own heart. That's why I need the Holy Spirit. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Who's ever had the sin of comparing yourself to someone else? Me. I'm better. I don't do that. Which again tells us what we're operating in. And let me just say this. This word, then they can take pride. That's not the sinful pride. That's being able to examine yourself and say, this is God's way. God gets the glory out of this. I um, Recently, this past week, we had a job uh, putting in a big window, and it was up high. And I'm too old to go up high anymore. And Matt Savoka, my worker, is scared to go up high. And my son Steve isn't scared to go up high, but he doesn't see as well because of his vision so some of the details he can't always do. So it was a difficult job. It's one of those where they installed a window and then they stuccoed over it. So we had to cut it all around. Left a big hole. We're up there. We got the wind in, this and that. But then Matt had to go and cap it and caulk it because I wasn't going up the ladder. And when he got done, I was proud of him because he, he was courageous enough to go up there and do it. And we were holding the ladder. All those things were good. But out of that, there was a pride that wasn't sinful. We accomplished something that was good and right. And in this sense, what we're accomplishing that's good and right is restoring a brother and sister. And we don't take the credit for that. But when we do it God's way and the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we can speak to someone regardless of the outcome because that's also on the Holy Spirit itself. I'm not responsible if someone spits in my face if I tell them that they need to change their behavior. But God will take care of that. But I believe as we try to operate the way God tells us to do, this is such a practical thing. We all 
at times are overtaken with sin. Even if it's for an afternoon. Um, Husbands, if you see your wife getting frustrated with the kids, come alongside of her. Help her. Don't let her get caught in that. And then we can really operate the way God wants the church to operate. Let me just share this verse as we talk about learning to fill the law of Christ and sharing each other's burdens. Here's what our Savior said when it comes to carrying burdens in Matthew eleven twenty nine to 30. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. If anybody knew how to take others' burdens, it was Jesus Christ himself. He took all the burdens of our sin upon himself and took it to the cross. So we want to celebrate today. Jesus knows how to do it. Let Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, live in us. Then Jesus says this, I am gentle and humble in heart. That's the characteristic that we want to have. And you will find rest for your souls. There's a whole other study here about just the anxiety that we allow ourselves to do when sin overtakes us. And the beauty of allowing the Holy Spirit help us live out the life of Christ. Then he ends that portion there with this. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You and I are able to carry someone else's burden, especially in sin, because Jesus will give you the ability to carry that. Let's move on. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. (laughs) Brian, I had fun with this. What on earth does this have to do with all this other stuff? It doesn't seem to fit except, and most of the commentaries I, I, I read, so we were right on, Brian. There must have been something going on through the Judaizers and those who were knocking Paul down for his easy salvation about money and finances. This is a whole other subject. and I, don't, I'm, I just want to say this about that. It's right to care for those who are instructing you, especially our full-time people. Um, no more said, you guys do that well. But God is saying through the Holy Spirit here, Take care of those who are instructing you. It's a right thing to do. Then the next verse. This is one of my verses that I build a foundation on to stand on through life. Don't be deceived. Listen to this. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Mock. The word actually means stick your nose up at someone. We're talking about sticking your nose up to God. 
you are not going to get away with that. Cannot be mocked. You think you might be mocking him, but it ain't happening. To me, and I want to keep it in the context of what we're talking about here, with just biblical ways how to behave, and we're going to look a little deeper with a man reaps what he sows. But this is such a great truth that sits outside of the contact, context of, of the whole scripture here. God cannot be mocked. There's, there's things in the Bible that tells us things God can't do. God can't lie. Think about that. Everything God says is true. He cannot lie. He cannot be mocked. People live their lives in a way they're, they're, they're callous and careless of how they, they think about God. God won't let that to happen. And to me, that's such an encouragement. I'm, I want to stand on this truth that in the end, not right now, in the end, God's going to take care of everything. Nobody gets away with nothing. God will see to it or anything. So then, if that's true, I want to live for God in a way that pleases him because I can't mock him. And that could be even for the church that we look like we're spiritual. But a man reaps what he sows. Let me just touch on this principle here. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Write it down in your heart. You live on your own power, the results will be bad. Destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Talk about a contrast. Destruction or eternal life. Which one do you want? Think, Lord, I'll choose eternal life. So help me to sow righteousness. This is a powerful principle. We see this even with our children. And here at Hope, we love our kids. But we see a world who treats kids in abhorrible ways. Even parents who they think they're doing good, they constantly put them down, put them down. And eventually, sowing that type of behavior will reap catastrophical things. And we don't have to be that. We can be people who raise children in godly, spiritual way. And I'm, I'm talking to parents here, but I'm also talking to us at church, whether you're single or not. We have a responsibility and a privilege to raise the children of this church. How grateful we are to all of you who, who take time in Learning Center. There's a bunch right now 
sharing the truths of God to our children. That's powerful. We want to teach our children who God is and what his ways are. Then it goes on to say just a a, a wonderful encouragement here. So then, let us not become weary in doing good. Anybody get weary of doing good? Wayne and I say, too old, we're done. I can't do that anymore. And then we try to preach the gospel to our own hearts. Okay, there's certain things you can't do because you're older. Um, I had great stamina when I was young. I could uh, work 12 hours on some shifts, come home, go out at night, do certain things for other people and home their homes. Those days are gone. (laughs) But it's okay. But I can, and I need to examine and evaluate. Lord, what can I do? That's where Luane and I in our life right now, what can we do? We want to be a blessing to people. So give us strength, give us ability, give us ideas. The work of Christianity, the work of the church, the work of his kingdom never ends until you die. You got that? Until you die, and then we'll be with him. So don't grow weary in doing good. And I couldn't help but think it's part of that Sabbath rest that Pastor Brian talked about. Take the time to rest so you don't get weary because there's great blessing in that. Don't grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let me just kind of insert this, because there's scriptures all over. Endurance for the Christian is a great ability to have. Romans 5 talks about that. There's a whole list of things so that you can endure. It's also in in James. Endurance, Lord, Help me to endure, not to give up. The the fight is worth it. Remember what Paul said? I've fought the good fight. It's a good fight. Don't give up. Even if you don't feel like it, Lord, give me strength. Do what's right. Don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, I don't want to run over this. We certainly want to take care of ourselves. And I couldn't think of the aspect that Brian's trying to introduce here, that we become a church that has a relationship with God. That's first and foremost. We care for one another. If that doesn't take place, going to the world, sharing the good news of the gospel to unbelievers won't work. But we need to do that. We need to look for opportunities to do good. And I want to just encourage you uh, this way. Those opportunities are everywhere. Um, Not not to embarrass Ed. Um, I heard this through the grapevine, but I think it's true. But when Drew was in the hospital, Michelle's husband, Ed cut their lawn. It's not hard to do. I think I could do that. But it's understanding that I want to serve others because Christ lives in me. Wow. 
Now, we do that here. We really do. We serve one another. You know, even the women's work day and what they accomplished there with the 40 meals and 120 packages for the teachers. We want to pray, and you guys are doing that this week, taking that down. We want to pray that God will bless that ministry, that they'll be touched. Um, because that's what we want to do. We want to be a people here at Hope that love and care and look for opportunities to do good to everyone, but especially each other. Um, so you read this passage and you say, wow, I want to be part of that. If we allow God to live in and through us, we can continue to grow in that. We can get better. When we taught on a caring place, it was surrounded in love. We looked at 1 Corinthians 13. Philippians 2 says, I want you to grow more and more in love. Okay, God's love is inexhaustible, and you ain't got it all. There's more of us. There's more love from God to continue to grow in us. That's the mindset we want to have. So as I, I wrap this up and we prepare for communion, let me, just, let me just share this in the beginning. Chapter 1, and Brian told on the first aspect. There was Judaizers who was saying, we need to do something to have a right standing before God. You could say to another, we need to earn our salvation. And the gospel comes along. And Paul says this, let you be cursed if you change the gospel. The gospel is not you and I picking ourselves up by our bootstraps and thinking we can please God by how we live. There's no good thing within my flesh. I need to understand that. So that, as Steve taught last week, so that I don't live in the flesh, because my flesh is selfish and wants to do things for me, I want to understand the gospel in Jesus has done it all. And my, how do I want to say it? My response to that is the way Jesus says it. Say yes by faith to the gospel that Christ has done all the work and not of yourselves. Understand that so that I can, and I'll say it this way, everyone is, is, who is born into this world and has not come to the place where they've trusted in Christ can only live in the flesh. And I can't please God. But the moment the gospel comes along and grips my heart, and I receive that. I say yes, by faith I understand. There's nothing within Chick that can please God, but Christ went on my behalf to do that at the cross, and I say, I accept that. Thank you, Jesus. Then, not only am I forgiven, which is wonderful, and I have the right to enter heaven, but now I've been given the power to live out a life that pleases God. And it's not carnal chick over there. 
It's Chick who allows the righteousness of Christ to live in me moment by moment. And I don't always do that. But the gospel says, well, they confess it and get back in the race and let the Lord fight for you. It's a glorious gospel that we have if we understand it right. And I just want to share this, um, just to give you some ideas to think about. Well, how do I do that? Um, I think it first starts with believing it. Understanding that the carnal man, the sinful nature, the man apart from Christ is incapable of living out a life that pleases God. And understanding that a spirit-filled life, one who walks in the spirit, um, I think the verse was, those who walk in the spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Was that it, Steve? So when the spirit lives in me, I conquer this dirty guy over here. I need to believe that. I need to desire that. Lord, put those desires to live for you in my heart. They don't come by me. I, don't, I can't muster them up on my own. I have to believe the Holy Spirit can create that heart of desire to live and please for God. So I ask for it. Prayer becomes an essential aspect of living the spirit-filled life. Day after day after day, moment by moment. We talked about this yesterday in the Saturday Bible study with the men. When you wake up, understand whatever this day brings, you can't live it apart from Christ. We learned that in the John series. In the, I'm the vine, abide in me. And Jesus said, you cannot live this without me. Jesus wants to live in me all day long. It's glorious. Let me believe that. Let me ask for that. And then I want to just say this. And there's a lot of verses that talk about this. You want to come to grips. And this can go in and out in your life. That I want to surrender my whole life for Christ. Now, there's times I don't want to do that. Chick wants to live for him. And, and I have to confess that. But as I've worked through this, I've spent time speaking to the Lord through this and asking him, as I read God's word, I am convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that God's word is true. And if I allow him to live in me, I will experience the greatest life possible. You believe that? So let's cry out to God. I'm yours, Lord. In the morning, even in the afternoon here. Lord, I don't know what the afternoon's going to bring, but I'm yours, and I'm going to believe whatever you bring in my life, I can use that and bring glory to you. Hardship, pain, or blessing. It can be all used for God. I no longer want to live for me, but for God. Talk to God about that. God, stir that up in my heart. Does God want to stir those kind of attributes and cares in your heart? Who, who thinks God wants to, to live in you fully all the time? All right. 
Believe that. If you don't believe it, ask for it. If you get weary of that, God, give me the strength to do it. We have the greatest life to live. It's hard. Suffering. You know, we're praying for Al and Kim. Just losing Kim's mom, it's hard. Losing Tim Eimer, who fought for 13 years, cancer. It's going to be worth it for Tim, even now. He will have his reward for staying the course. We need to do that too. Practical ways that the Lord says, take every opportunity and do good to all. Let's pray. Prepare our hearts for communion. Father, we thank you for your word. I want to be a person that doesn't think more highly of myself, but if I see my brother or sister caught in a sin, the aspect of sin will want to enslave us and destroy us. Help me to have the courage to lovingly and gently free them. Help me to believe your word. Help me to follow it out. And I thank you for the book of Galatians. In Jesus' name.